0: Jesus said there is no truth in Satan. Revelation states he is the deceiver of the whole world. What then can we make of his obsession with astrology in the configurations and designs of the ancient pyramid shapes? Since scripture also points out he falsely duplicates or attempts to copy what Jesus has already created, could it be these pyramid shapes are deceptions of creation in the heavens? That astrology focuses toward the son of perdition rather than the creator of the planets, sun and stars. Join us now as we unravel the designs of the heavens from the master builder in comparison to the false copies made by Satan, his fallen angels, and the Nephilim in the heavens and the pyramid shapes. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Hello, everybody. My name is Mark Russick. Thank you for joining. You're listening to The Russick Outlook. Uh, Today's topic, The Heavens and the Pyramid Shapes. This is part three of a series that I began on Jesus, the Nephilim, and the pyramids. If you have not watched or listened to the prior broadcast, I would strongly uh, advise that you do. It would be impossible for me to cover all that information in a, in a brief synopsis to bring you up to speed. I, I will say so much of what we're looking at is centered on the pyramids, uh, mainly in, in, in Egypt, uh, Focus a lot on the Great Pyramid of Giza. Why that? Why the pyramids? Uh, because of their incredible uh, detail in in their architecture, the shape, the design, um, some of the mathematical and uh, astronomical equations that man has been able to identify in these pyramids, and you know we were able to point out that a lot of these pyramids point to certain cellular uh, constellations, uh, for instance, the great the great pyramid of Giza. From the king's chamber, it, there's a shaft that goes out to the stars Draco, otherwise known as the dragon. For those familiar with scripture, you know that the dragon in the Bible represents Satan. Um, so, you know, we covered that and as well as we're going to show you a lot of the pyramid shapes are in, in other locations, other megalithic structures around the world. So I wanted to really focus today on why the pyramid shapes, what is so significant, and knowing that Satan is what I would say the great copycat, the great imitator. Uh, he always tries to imitate God, but in a very sinful and perverted way. So I wanted to to look at that, and I also wanted to point out the fact that uh, I, you know, I, I think there's overwhelming evidence that these were built, created, Uh, by supernatural forces being the fallen angels uh, with the assistance instructions that they may have provided to the Nephilim, which are, according to Genesis 6, the fallen angels had mated with women and the offspring became um, incredible giants uh, of supernatural strength and and height and, and just the enormous enormous, uh, um, power. And we covered a lot in part two of the supernatural power that was available to them. So, you know, so much of that was covered in the first two parts. So I'd really advise you, if you could, to get into that. But the reason that I really wanted to look at this is, you know, uh, there has to be something in scripture that points to the pyramids of why Satan would be um, so fixated, I would say, on this and why we see them uh you know and and not only throughout the middle east but central america south america and and so many of these buildings and structures everybody is is quite familiar with and we've covered so much of this but that's that's the underlying mission here that's where we want to get to why uh the pyramid shapes so uh, I just like to pause briefly ask you if you could hit the like and subscribe button, uh, especially if you like information like this where we go after the truth, no matter where it leads. Certainly focusing on on, on scripture and because of the um, unquestionable uh, or unquestioned validity that we can find in scripture, um, and no matter how you weigh it or look at it, whether it's from historical records, archaeological records in the in these instances we're looking at a lot at mathematics science astronomy things like that so whatever, wherever other resources that we need to bring in to help us get to the truth that's the mission so again if you like information like that hit the like and subscribe button um, as well as ring the bell this you know i say this all the time but it, it's really important that we get this information out and and again to engage people whether they want to believe it or not at least Give them the information, or maybe they, you know, it inspires others to kind of dig a little bit deeper into Scripture and, and to see. And also, if I could uh, ask you, please jump on the Russic Outlook. Sign up for our emails. We notify you when new topics and subjects come out. And also, if you're interested in live Bible gatherings via Zoom, we do that a couple times a month. But let me get into this. Uh, so again, this is about the heavens and the pyramid shapes. So I'm going to step back for one second, where we left off in part two was the the importance of the heavens, the importance of the stars, uh, how that plays a role in it. And, and we know, and we're going to cover this near the end about the different atmospheres. Um, and we know that, uh, that there is um, spiritual warfare in the heavens, particularly in, in the areas of space uh, where it's you know I'll, I'll I'll be covering that shortly but my point is this is the area where a lot of spiritual darkness lies where they uh reside they have access to and they look to the heavens because as we covered in scripture that god provides the sun the moon the stars uh, and and the galaxies for signs and it also says uh in in, in the book of psalms that there's prophecy in it that this that the stars will prophesy um, and we, you know you can go back to Genesis 1 where it, it is um, the these stars and and the and the lights and the sun uh, are for signs in in the heavens for the purpose and the plans of God so being that Satan and his cohorts understand the Bible know the Bible know that their death sentence has been uh, declared and it's just a matter of time I they look to this they look to seeing these things so I wanted to point out, there's a uh, tremendous meteor that's heading our way as proven you know by NASA and other space stations around the world and they discovered this in, in June of t- uh, 2004 interestingly they named it Apophis which is after the ancient Egyptian spirit of evil darkness and destruction I give you a little bit more information on the right if you're if you're following me on video some in NASA have nicknamed this or tabled this as to be wormwood and why Wormwood? I'm going to go to Revelation 8, where we're talking about the third trumpet. This is uh, near the midpoint, not quite there, uh, of, of the tribulation, where it says, The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. It fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs. The name of the star is Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood, and, be, and many people died from the waters because uh, they had become bitter. So this, what I'm getting at is this potentially could be wormwood. what we see because it is going to come near or close or hit the Earth in 2029. It is, happens to be traveling at 28,000 miles an hour. It weighs 20 million metric tons. It measures 370 meters across. It will be taking out anything in its path, including satellites. Uh, five years from now, we will see it on telescope, 24 months later, you will see it with the naked eye coming right towards earth. So this is, again, if, if you take this aside from the Bible, this is all uh, borne out. You can look this up, you know, not telling you anything new there. But I'm going to ask you, assume for a moment that Apophis is the biblical wormwood, that 2029 would then represent a period somewhere around the midpoint of the tribulation. Which, depending upon your 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 position concerning the rapture, whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, I'm not getting into that right now, um, and and nor do I think it's important what I'm what, what I'm getting at. But if that is the case, if you're pre-trib, then that means that you would this would be happening at 2025, April 13th uh, is minus uh, 2029 minus the three and a half years, and I'm I'm just giving you approximates. And again, I'm not saying this is the case, but if it is, um, the 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 angelic beings, both good and evil, would be aware of, of this and that of its potential impact. So, depending upon your rapture position, whether it's October 13th for 2025, or, or pre-rath rapture just before 2029, or post-trib, that brings you to 2032. My point is that the uh, Satan and his team of demonic angels and beings are very much aware that this could be what is coming to be Wormwood because, again, they know and understand the Scriptures, the importance of identifying these things in the heavens. So I wanted to then kind of center a lot on on, on Scripture, but before I do, I talked a lot in the first two broadcasts, particularly the last one, about these details that uh, the devil goes to in in terms of lining up and, and speaking about the constellations and distorting things uh, with the zodiac signs, and, and we've we covered that a lot in part two. I want to get into the detail here very briefly about how the heavens are constructed, designed, and created by God. So what what this will cover very briefly is the laws and the constants of the universe. Since the beginning of time, we know that matter in the universe has been governed and balanced by precise laws and constants. Although there are over 30 of these laws in place, let me point out some of the more well-known for the sake of reference. Law of gravitational force, speed of light, electron mass, proton mass, mass density of the universe, cosmological constants. These are things that many people, you know, particularly if you said law of gravity, you know, you know, we understand. But I want to get into just how precise this is. There's a gentleman named philosopher Robin Collins, who is a Christian. He has degrees in mathematics and physics. And he remarked that these laws of physics are balanced on a razor's edge for life to occur, meaning that the purpose of these uh, laws are really to sustain the habitability of the planet Earth for man to live some examples he offers is if you do not have gravity to pull matter together we would not have planets stars or any complex organisms Um, if you do not have a strong nuclear force there would be nothing to hold protons and neutrons in the nucleus thus we would not have atoms or chemistry if we do not have the electromagnetic magnetic force there would be no bonding between chemicals therefore there would be no light and then on and on and on it goes so in addition to the necessity of these laws it is the exact formulas for each one that he finds, and I would agree, that just, it, it def- it just, it just you, you, you can't de- define it by, by human standards. Let, let me give you some, some illustrations. Um, if we were able to measure the possible range for the law of gravity by spreading out a ruler from one end of the universe to the other, that covers approximately 14 billion years. And then you divide that uh, uh, ruler into one-inch in increments the setting for strength we're just talking about the law of gravity that it could be anywhere along the ruler's path so you know let, let let's just say it lands on uranus i don't i i i don't know but it just happens to be one specific one inch setting for life if you were to move that just one inch you would not have uh, the, the planets that would you would not you, you, everything would be crushed let me put it that way there would be nothing bigger than uh, the the size of a pea. That's how precise the law of gravity is. So let me go on. Another sampling is the cosmological constant. This describes the expansion of speed of space in the universe. If space expands too quickly, the universe will increase so that material objects can't form. Therefore, we would not get stars, planets, galaxies. Physicists have determined the cosmological constant is fine-tuned to one, in one part, 100 million, billion, 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 billion. Or I gave you the numbers. So in other words, can't happen. An illustration of the formula would be if you traveled hundreds of miles into space and you threw a dart towards the Earth and you wanted to hit a bullseye that was one trillionth of a trillionth of one inch in diameter... That, that basically it's less than the size of a single atom, the mathematics have esti- estimated that the fine-tuning probability of these two formulas alone, just the two formulas, is a hundred million trillion 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 trillion. And I, and I put these numbers on. And I, and I broke down some more things here. And, and you know, f- feel free to read them if you're following me on video. I, but I hope you get the point. Let me kind of close on this aspect of it. In 1973, a respected astrophysicist—I'm sorry—from Cambridge named Dr. Brandon Carter. He delivered a paper called "The Large Number Coincidences and the Anthropic Principle in Cosmology." He coined the phrase "anthropic principle." It's derived from the Greek word "anthropos," which means the extraordinary and courageous, which means man. I'm sorry, "anthropos" means man. This extraordinary and courageous theory stated the only rational way to explain the fact that the universe existed the way it does, with an incredibly precise balance between all of the multitude of forces, including gravity, electromagnetism, and the strong nuclear force that made our universe possible, can only be be explained if it were fine-tuned in such a precise manner to allow human life to exist on Earth. Let me go on. There's an agnostic a gentleman named Robert Jastrow. He admits the universe was constructed with. With he's. Um, I'm just trying to think. No, he's he's not. He might have served with NASA. I can't say that for sure. Uh, but he's part of a large group of scientists that would come under the intelligent design uh, category. You know where they're presenting the information that the Earth and the heavens were supernaturally created by God. Um, whether they want to define God is another aspect. Many of them do, and and many of them are Christians, but not all. There are Jews, there are Muslims, and, and others. But at any rate, he's agnostic. He was able. To, he came out and said the universe was constructed with very narrow limits in such a way that man could dwell in it. The result is the anthropic principle. It is the most theistic result ever to come out of science, in my view. So there you have. A, a, a strong, courageous man of science, because a lot of scientists would not feel comfortable by stating this, but he is saying basically that he doesn't understand who God is, uh, but God exists because it's it's the only plausible way that you can come out with. I just showed you a couple out of the thirty, and again, they cannot exist without each other. So you need all thirty of these laws and constants. I wanted to get into the precision of the heavens because we covered the precision of, of the pyramids and these structures and how it looks at the heavens, and, and it's just incredible. But what's far more incredible is the degree of sophistication that, that God has created and, and made the, the galaxies for us to be able to live in. In other words, the habitability of a planet, Earth, and I pointed out how the sun rays out of all the planets is only centering and focused on uh uh, on God, um, where where that light goes onto the earth, where it's clear to be from God. So now what I'd like to do is cover what's called the three heavens, and, and I'm basing this on Scripture. We see the Apostle Paul saying that he knew a man in Christ that was caught up to the third heaven, 2 Corinthians twelve two. It says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knows. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. So we know then that therefore, and and, and I'll give you some more information, that the third heaven is where God is. It's where uh, heaven, the way that we would know it or understand it, is. But we're going to look at what's the first heaven and the second heaven. The first heaven is earth's atmosphere, the immediate sky. It's where the birds and the clouds are. I'm basing this on Deuteronomy 11, 17 28, 12, Judges 5, 4, Acts 14, 17. Again, I'm not going to go through what they all say, uh, but but you can look those up if you want. If you're following me on video, I I, I have the scriptures uh, written out here. The second heaven is where the moon, the sun, the stars, and the planets are. That is the outer space. I am basing this on Deuteronomy 17, 3, Psalms 19, 4 and 6. Jeremiah 8.2, Isaiah 13.10. The third heaven, which is what I just described, that is the dwelling place of God. I can also point to 1 Kings 8.30, Psalms 2.4, Matthew 5.16, Deuteronomy 10, uh, 1 Kings 8.27, 2 Chronicles 2.16. So you have the three heavens. The first heaven is the atmosphere that we can see the the, the 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 clouds the blue sky, then you have the where the planets are where the stars are that would be the second heaven, uh you know Ephesians says I wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and princes of the air that is where uh much of our um, uh, spiritual battles take place that is what you know the heavens that we know that there are things there are angelic warfare happens there. So that is your second heaven, and then the third heaven is where God is, and I've, and I've laid this all out. This is very, very important for where I want to go and where I, I would like to land. Okay, so now I'd like to give you some illustrations, basic illustrations of, of what I'm saying here. So if you're following me on video, I'm showing you uh, a black and white clip art version of the earth with the clouds, then the sun, the moon, and then what I'm with a throne, what I'm calling uh, uh, the third heaven. So atmosphere, first heaven, sun, moon, and stars, second heaven, and then the third heaven where where God resides, where Jesus resides. So I'm going to point out uh, Psalm 48:2. Again, if you're following me on video, I'm looking at the left. It says, "Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, the city of the great King. Mount Zion is often referred to." Or or uh, um, identified with heaven, Job twenty six seven. It says he stretches out the north over empty space, he hangs the earth on nothing. So there's two scriptures that point that heaven is in the north. Psalm seventy five six through seven, for exaltation comes from neither the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. So it's saying. To me, he's eliminating the east, west, and south, leaves you only with the north. Then if you go to Isaiah 14:13, this is about Satan, and he says, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Now remember, Satan was there when the heavens were created. Satan was there when the earth was created. So he's saying, I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. So he's elevating himself up. So he's also pointing to the north. So there you have numerous scriptures that this is where heaven is in the north. Let me continue. 1 Corinthians 3. Uh, keep, keep me honest by looking to the left. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid out the foundation, and another builds on it. But I let each take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the foundation. 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty-eight, uh, beginning with verse 40. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. From one star differs from another star in glory. So there's glory in the heavens. And he's saying there's different degrees of glory, uh, and, and I would say that prior to the fall, that uh, Lucifer would have been one of the stars that would have been emanating glory. Uh, then you have the other four cherubim that, that we identify in the book of Revelation. They would be identifying glory. And, and, and we know that the son uh, um, is called in Psalms the, the bridegroom. We know that that's um, displaying uh, uh, glory. So I, I hope you're staying with me here because I want to go now to Matthew 2.2. 2. It says, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have, seen his, we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So that's Jesus' star. It was in the east. Again, it's prophesying. It's, it's showing you glory. This is what the heavens declare. Colossians one eighteen, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is from the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things they might have preeminence. So Jesus is the foundation. Jesus is the head. And Jesus was there in the very beginning. Let me keep going. 2 Peter 6-7 through Wherefore also it contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone. Again, Sion or Zion, it's pointing to heaven, the third heaven. Elect, precious, and he that believe on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. So that stone that was made disallowed was the rejection of Jesus, but he is the head of the corner. So we see now he's the head, uh, uh, he, he is the head, he is the foundation, he is the head of the corner. Job 38, 4, 7. where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth, the foundation. Tell me if you understand who determined its measurements. Surely you know, or who stretched the line upon it? To what to what were its foundations fastened, or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So there you have God speaking to Job, saying the, the sons of God, the, the fallen angels, if you will, as well as the angels that still reside, were there at the beginning. They were there when... He, he laid the foundations of the earth, when he laid the cornerstone, when he put together its measurements, when he p- stretched out the line. And, then, and if you go back to what I was saying earlier about the, the detail in the heavens and, and what I laid out from you know many scientists, particularly in the intelligent design factor, um, that he laid out those measurements, he laid out those laws. And I believe that it's clear that he laid them out for man to live and sustain life. Let me go to Ephesians two sixteen through 22. Uh, let me start with verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. You are fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. And now watch this. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So there we know Jesus is the head. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Jesus is the head of the corner. Jesus is is, is where all the glory of heaven uh, points to. So I, 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 I hope and I believe this is clear now that the heaven and where the place where God resides is in the north, but that Jesus is the head. He is the chief cornerstone. Let me continue. I want you to think for a second what that could mean if he's in the north. So the, interestingly, and you can find this, you know, throughout any mathematics or, or scientific equations, that the best head for a cornerstone is a pyramid. Let me say that again. The best head for a cornerstone is a pyramid. So we know that Jesus is the head. We know that Jesus is the cornerstone. And I'm going to say that the shapes of the heavens and the universe, the way God made it, was the shape of a pyramid. I'm going to point to Job 38, 4, and 7 again. Uh, and, And you see this on video if you're following me. But to where its foundations fastened or who laid its cornerstone. So Jesus is the cornerstone. The Father laid this. This was put into place from the very beginning. So I want you to look at some of the different pyramids that we see around the world. We focus so much on the Egyptian pyramids. But now I, I want you to look at these different megalithic structures, and again, I'm fi- I have these on video—a little montage of images of these incredibly detailed, precise buildings from all around the world, and they're in the shape of a pyramid—not the exact shape of what you saw in, Giz- in, in uh, Jesus in Giza in Egypt, but nonetheless pointing into the shape of the pyramid. Now, let's—do we see pyramids today? well we do and i'm and and i'm giving you some different structures of, of what you see today it's it's quite common it's a very stable strong architectural approach and of course i i being an american i had to point out the fact that you have the pyramid on the back of the american dollar and, and and i don't want to go into to you know what that may mean you know you can you can look that up for yourself there's a lot of banter being thrown out there um but but nonetheless it is a pyramid shape with an eye on it supposedly the eye of god and there are other interpretations of where that could go freemasons and things like that but not going to go down there today but my only point is you see the ancient pyramids around the world you see modern pyramids around the world now so let's go under the premise that jesus is the cornerstone matthew 21:42 the stone which the builders rejected the same is become the head of the corner psalm 48 I've read that before and I'm pointing to isaiah 48 30, uh, I'm sorry isaiah 14 thirteen where Satan said he will uh, ascend upon the congregation in the sides of the north let me point out two other things that are possibilities for you to consider that the pyramid shape has three points we know father son Holy Spirit could this be pointing to the fact that this is another symbol of the Trinity, of the Holy Trinity, that is three in one. So, I just wanted to point out some things that man observes from the heavens from our standpoint. We observe and we declare, or we uh, can describe the heavens in three categories, space, time, and matter. Interestingly, space we look at has three subcategories to it. Space is measured in height, width, and length. Time is measured in past, present, and future. Matter is measured in energy, motion, and phenomena. So here we, our observations of the heavens are three, but they're three in each category is a three in one. So there's three threes of three in one. Could be coincidence, my own personal opinion, just my opinion. I think those are more signs that points to the glory of the God in heavens, that points to the Holy Trinity, that they are three in one, they are equal, Jesus, Father, and Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, you know, I, I, I can't say that for sure, but that's just my own personal observation, space, time, and matter could be a, a, another pointing of the Trinity, another aspect of the three corners of the uh, of the pyramid. So let me go back to this in in the fact that this could be a triangular or a pyramid shape of the heavens in the universe, and I do believe it is. And I'm showing you on video, well, what about the Great Pyramid of Giza and how that happens to be on the north? Remember, it goes from the king's chamber, and there's a, a go, king's room. It goes on a chamber, and it goes out to the constellation Draco, and I'm showing you here on video happens to be in the form of a serpent and but that's what he that's what they're looking at from the pyramid from the north so from the sides of the north could this mean that he's he's replicating what once was that what once was where he what was on the sides of the north remember satan or lucifer at the time he walked upon the mountains of god he he was the the cherub that covers he he he, he was in the garden of eden so he was there from the very beginning, and he knows this intimately. So could this be a weird obsession, if you will? But you know, if you look at the, the you know, Satan fell due to largely in part to pride, and could this be just another symbol of his arrogance that he, that side of the Great Pyramid of kiza is pointing from the north to the constellation Draco, pointing to himself, point you know, isolating himself. So I wanted to go back to the cornerstone. Second uh, Peter 6-7, through 7, again, if you're following me, let me read this one more time. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believes on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. So picture, I, this was the best three-dimensional view I could give you from a pyramid shape. Uh, this is in, I believe this was the Louvre, where if you're looking up, that this would be the view of the heavens. If you see this this uh, uh, chief cornerstone that, that is laid at the very top, that this might be, a type of view uh, for you to get of how the heavens and the galaxies were created because you re- remember that it, it says that it extends from the north everything extends from the north outward so just hopefully I'm trying to give you a little bit of perspective of what that may that view may be so I want to go back to if that's the head then what lies below it is the body and we know that the church is the body of christ that we have a body i point to the i I, i've got some sketches here on video i point to the fact that we have mind soul and body we have our human organs and tissues so i think those are more symbols that you know we need all those functions of the body we need the church we know that the church is the body of christ i point to the fact that jesus thought so much of you now remember Jesus created the heavens and the earth. He designed this specifically for you in mind. He he made this in such a fashion. He tailored these incredibly precise and sophisticated laws and constants and I and I give you that on the right-hand side that this is his body lining up in perfection and that this is what he has done for you. And not only that, but that when when man fell, he left his position in, in the north, and he came into the earth in the form of man and died on the cross for you. That's how important you are to him. The things that he's given us, he sent us the spirit of God, left the heavens and deposited it inside of us. What are the tools that he gave us? Again, parts of the body, the gifts of the spirit, our natural gifts, who our callings are, what we good at, what we excel at, then there's the fruit of the Spirit. There's the fivefold ministry. These are all aspects of the body to give us to function the way that God wants us to function, the way that we're designed and created to function. I'm, I'm going to read again, Colossians 1.18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. So I, I believe in looking at Scripture, there's no question in my mind that the heavens are in the the galaxies are in the shape of a pyramid. This is the conclusion that I reach. I I, I think it's pretty clear, and and I've hopefully I, I've laid that out for you. But what I want to really emphasize here is just how important you are to God. Just how important you are to uh, how He made you, and you, your family, your children, your your grandchildren, your your people at work, your friends. Everybody, he's done so much for us. He's given us so much. What can we do for him? I would say, uh, but you know. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of an idea of my 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 way of looking at this. So I would close with this, and I'm I'm calling this. If you're following me on video, I said, you know what? I live in New York. They're always changing the bridge names here. I had you know RFK changing to the. Um, I don't even know what that changed to. Oh, I, no! I'm sorry. It was the Triborough that changed to the RFK, and it was the Tappan Zee that recently changed to the Mario Cuomo Bridge. I'm calling this the Paradise Bridge because we are destined for paradise. It is up to us. Jesus went on the cross for us, and John. Let me read John fourteen three. It says, "Let not your heart be." This is Jesus speaking before, uh, before he left. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Be Believe also in me. In my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, that is where you may be also. So he has given us or you know the the information that when he ascended back into heaven after the resurrection, that he prepares places for us, but it's up to us. We have to make that decision. Let me go back to the very beginning, Genesis one twenty seven. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, me, him, he, him. Male and female created he, them. So picture the fact that Satan once had, uh, b- before the fall of man, that he had all of this at his disposal. And you know, I, we, we've covered so much. But he also knows that with the fall, he was given a death sentence. And that death sentence is Jesus. And he is coming back. I believe he's coming back soon. What is soon? Could be five years, could be 10 years, could be 100 years. Doesn't matter. If it's 100 years, that's not a long time away. I believe it may be sooner based upon the signs that we see. But this is how close we are. And this is how important this is. John 3.16, some people may think this is a worn out scripture. I can never get enough of it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So here we're talking about the head, the chief cornerstone, the 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 foundation of the heavens and the earth. He, from, 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 from the very beginning to the end, he is the Alpha and the Omega. This is what he did for us. This is what he did for you what will be your response and that you one day will be able to look up in that 3D view of of knowing where the throne of heaven is. And, you know, there's all different degrees and stages of heaven, but but this is the opportunity we have. And, you know, the word of God says that uh, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So it's whether you're going to be confessing that now or confessing that at a later date where it's too late. And and I I strongly urge you to consider this if you're not a Christian, if you haven't accepted Jesus, to ask him into your heart, recognize your sins. Uh, You know, we're all sinners. We have all fallen short of the glory. But by Jesus' stripes, we have been healed and set free and delivered. Take that opportunity. Don't let it go. Uh, Because as as I've laid out for you that everything has been designed and created with you in mind. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, believe it or not, there will be a part four. I couldn't get it all in. We're going to be covering genetic engineering and the and the end times as, as it lines up with this topic of the Nephilim uh, and the pyramids. So we're going to be breaking this down into a fourth part, but I needed to get here. Uh, again, hopefully you enjoyed this information. Hopefully it makes you think. And if you have any questions or comments, please email me at russicoutlook at gmail.com. Prayer requests, always happy to help and, and get involved and pray for you or for others who whom you may know. I know, you know, a number of you have already sent prayer requests and I'm telling you I am praying for them. Uh so thank you. Uh you've been listening to the Russic Outlook and remember, as always, just my opinion.